the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Stock started the year pretty bumpy. It's been a story of China and weakness there in their stock market and as well as their currency. It's been a story of oil really taking another slacking this year after taking it basically all of last year. But today the market's up a little higher. We're in earnings season. We see the jolts report come out. We're okay with what we're seeing. Will we hold? I don't care. Um, I really don't. It's on a day-by-day basis. If you're watching the markets, then you're a trader. I'm not a trader. I'm an investor. Um, I've got a shopping list of things that I want to buy if things get pretty awful and ugly out there. Right now, it's pretty ugly in energy. But a lot of people are expecting energy to be low for a while. So maybe you're in no rush to go that direction. If you're looking for something that provides a little protection, maybe you go after healthcare. Healthcare is a big part of our economy. It's not going to go away. The Obama administration is going to type the rules for people who enroll in insurance through healthcare.gov outside of official enrollment periods, hoping to hold down costs that insurers blamed on late signups. Insurers are saying that the rules are so broad that people can wait until they get ill to buy insurance. That raises healthcare spending and overall premiums because people who are sicker generally cost more to cover. Fascinating, isn't it? I think that whole, that's just we're going to study this for years and years and years to come. College football wrapped up their season last night. Um, big win for Nike. Huge win for Nike. Uh, University of Alabama faced off against Clemson last night, uh, and Bama won, spoiler alert. Uh, but the college football playoff, sponsored by, you know, Nike-sponsored schools, 
And this is only the second year of the college football playoff system, a new structure in which a committee selects four final teams to play in the two semifinal games. I hate... Um, I hate that... Um, 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 they play their, their semifinal games on New Year's Eve. I'm a little out of it today. So just some days you're just that way. So the other two teams... This year were Michigan State University and University of Oklahoma. Nike is an apparel sponsor. Dominated. Dominated the college football playoffs. Uh, the brand renewed its deal with Clemson in August, signed an eight-year contract worth $23 million to the school. Alabama is even pricier. Nike signed an eight-year $30 million deal with them in 2010. So Nike's not going away anytime soon. Now, I like Nike as a long-term patient investment. Is it appropriate in the short term? No. Um, I just think that there's too high of a valuation tied towards it at this point. 52-week high of 68, 52-week low of 45. It's currently at around 60. Trades about 30 times this year's earnings. Um, they have recently done a split. It's trading about 24 times next year's. That's when I'm starting to like it, is when you start looking ahead. And saying over the long term, if you pull up a chart of Nike, it's been fantastic for the last 30 years. In 1984, it was a 16 cent stock. You know, you go forward five or six years at that point in time, and it's um, a 57 cent stock. You go forward another five years. It's a buck fifty. Go to for another five years. It's at seven. Another five years. It's at ten. Another five years. Uh, it's at sixteen, and then another five years, and it's at sixty. So it's had a huge run over time, and of recently, it's it's become you know almost straight up, and that's not a good thing. You don't want almost straight up. So I like the athleisure market. Um, the competitor that I would take a look at is Under Armour. Um, Under Armour is a bit of a momentum name, so you do need to be very, very careful. Um, because anytime you're buying something that's already gone up so much, you know, there's only winners in the stock and you. Of course, you want it to continue to go up, but you get the idea of where I'm trying to go out with that. Um, so Under Armour is a competitor, and they've got – it's a much smaller company. They can grow much faster. Uh, you're talking you know, the difference between a $15 billion company and Under Armour is a $15 billion company and Nike, who's a $100 billion company. So – I do like Under Armour for the long-term patient investor who's more growth-oriented. I like Nike for the long-term patient blue-chip investor who wants good quality companies that will be around the day you die. I think that's pretty important to plan on or, or to try to work out. So there's that story out there today. Um, one thing you really want to focus in on as an investor is to make sure your money you have money when you die. The majority of Americans haven't even tried to figure out how much to save for retirement. 
So to set savings targets, estimates of how much income you'll need once you retire, a rule of thumb is 80% of your work income. income. So if you're making $100,000 right now, you're probably around 80000 And how long do you have? Let's see, you are in retirement for 10 years, from age 60 to 70. So that's $800,000. Um, do you have that? What if you're in retirement for 20 years? $1.6 million. Um, so you need at least a million dollars to make sure that it will last you, you know, that's to be about $40,000 a year in income. The majority of Americans, you know, they don't want to talk like this. You want somewhere between 10 and 20 times your salary. Um, now it can, it can be less if you've got some fixed income like social security or others. I would stay away from fear right now and I would stay away from annuities. I would stay away from whole life insurance and variable life insurance. Annuities, whole life insurance, and variable life insurance, three worst products I can think of on the financial markets, and yet they're sold by people who think they're doing you a favor. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Some of the other stories out there today, again, the job openings increased in November. Mark Zuckerberg getting in on some controversy showed a picture of his baby going to the doctor for vaccinations. and Some people love him. Some people hate him. I think it's great that he's taking a role in his child's health um, and he's taking a role in his child's life. And a lot of people are seeing that, and I think that's a good influence. Um, so that's worthy of note. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Marissa Meyer, uh, she's got an evil nickname now by employees at Yahoo. They're now calling her Evita. That's how low employee morale is there. Don't cry for me, Argentina. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Got a big event coming up at the end of the month. You can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge on a Thursday night, the 28th. Sign up at robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Angela Merkel became Time's Person of the Year last year for the work that she did in a variety of issues ranging from dealing with Putin to Greece uh, keeping Greece together, not together with the European Union, to taking in Syrian refugees. Um, it's going to be a different year this year than last year. The controversy over what German Chancellor Angela Merkel has called the most complex challenge of her 10 years in office has reached a near boiling point after New Year's Eve attacks on women in the city of Cologne. According to police reports, uh, it detailed rampant sexual assault and other attacks that it attributed gangs of mostly migrant men, many of whom reportedly came from Africa and the Middle East. So there's signs out there now, rape fugees. 
So you take refugees and you put the word rape in front of it. Fujis, rape, Fujis. Um, there's a lot of contentious debate about Merkel's open-door policy towards refugees, fleeing violence in the Middle East, and it's going to reverberate across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, the number of criminal complaints stemming from the New Year's Eve mayhem in Cologne and smaller attacks in other German cities is greater than 600. About 40% of those complaints relate to allegations of sexual crimes. Uh, Germany has been so generous with the opening of their borders. There's going to be problems. And uh, there's going to be issues that the people of Germany fight back against. And there's going to be issues that people you know, stand up for. I think it'll be one of the big stories of 2016. Elon Musk is in the news. Who doesn't love a good Elon Musk story? He thinks it's pretty obvious. He thinks that it's pretty obvious, according to an interview with BBC, that Apple's building a car. He says it's quite hard to do, but I think companies like Apple will probably make a compelling electric car. It seems like the obvious thing to do. It's pretty hard to hide something if you hire over a thousand engineers, engineers to do it. When he was pressed in the interview, if he thinks Apple's serious about building its own car, he goes, yeah, I do. This is an open secret. Apple has been rumored to be working on an electric and perhaps a self-driving vehicle over the past year. It's been reported that Apple hired thousands of engineers to work on a secretive car project internally called Project Titan. Apple was found to have bought a bunch of web addresses related to cars recently, including Apple.car and Apple.auto. So... um, A lot going on there. In October, Musk jokingly said that Apple only hires people fired by Tesla, acknowledging that the iPhone giant may be indeed preparing to get into the auto space. Let's talk a little CFP financial planning action with CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, financial planner, newfocusfinancial.com. Insurance. I always say you insure what you can't afford to lose. Chad, I'm going to throw out some items of insurance, and you tell us what they are and why we need them. Okay. Let's start with gap insurance. Yeah, yeah, gap insurance is extremely important because I think we all know that if you drive a car off a lot, you buy a new car, you drive it off a lot, it immediately depreciates. It's definitely a depreciating asset right away. So when you drive a car off the lot and you get in a wreck and you're not insured with gap insurance, then, you know, the car gets totaled, you might owe the bank $35,000, and the insurance company might cover $30,000, even though it's a new car that you just drove off the lot. So gap insurance kind of covers that. It's important, especially on leases, when uh, you know, you're know you paying a flat rate, but the car's depreciating pretty rapidly. So gap insurance covers you. And I had a personal situation with this um, in college where I was on the hook for 1000 bucks after my car was totaled, and they paid off the bank, and I owed 1000 bucks. Not a fun bill to get when you're in college. I hear that. It seems unfair, too. Let's talk life insurance rate changes. Yeah, so this uh, has to do with people that have bought life insurance as an investment in the past. And for the 99 percenters out there, this is a horrible idea. For the winners, you got a lot of income, you're maxing out everything else. Sometimes it can be a, a good idea if you work with the right person. But most people that bought policies in the 80s and 90s, the interest rates have dropped and the cost of mortality and expenses, which is kind of 
the overall cost of insurance inside the policy have gone up. So your policy is probably not performing anywhere close to where it was when the agent sold it to you and showed you this great illustration of that, hey, if you dump all this money in the cash value, you'll be able to pull on a tax-free in retirement. It's probably way behind what they said. So you there's, there's ways to fix it. Um, you need to ask for an enforced illustration. You need to consult financial advisor that doesn't get compensated for commissions by selling you stuff so you can get a true outside opinion but ask for an enforced illustration see how long your money's going to last at this point in time based on rate changes that have occurred in life insurance how about disability insurance disability insurance is is so much more important rob than life insurance in terms of statistics um, it's way more likely that you're going to spend some time disabled whether you're like my wife who broke her ankle and couldn't nurse for over a year. Um, you know, it's it's very, very likely that you'll spend some time. So if you don't have good emergency reserves and some disability insurance coverage, um, you could end up ruining your credit and then ruining your life by having to pay for more than any than the average person for cars and homes and things like that. Or even your credit gets so bad, you might not even be able to rent a home. So you have to cover yourself with disability insurance. Usually the, this is one where life insurance is usually cheaper to go get it on your own. Disability insurance is usually cheaper when you get it through your employer. Um, and there's other things out there. If you, if you can't afford a full-on, hey, I'm covered till I'm 65 type of policy, then maybe it's uh, you know AFLAC type policies that are more shorter term or cash in your pocket coverage if you break a leg, uh, things like that. So, so definitely look at disability insurance as more important than life insurance because you've got to be able to keep food on the table even if you're if you're injured. We've got about two minutes left. How about key man insurance? Yeah, key man insurance is huge for businesses. So if you have a business where you have one key sales guy, um, you know somebody that handles all of the finances, the CEO. Um, the founder of the company, something that where if that person goes away, there's a significant drop in revenue or value of the company. You need to cover that person. You have to cover that person. You have to be aware of that. Um, when companies are, are younger and they still need the coverage, then term insurance usually makes sense. But if it's going to be a company that's going to be around a long time, then they have to sometimes go to more of a permanent policy. And that's something that businesses should review, and it should be part of the sell agreement between owners. That's more buy-sell insurance. Um, so every good, every good business agreement, every good partnership has an exit strategy. So that could also be disability key man insurance as well. Um, and by I mean exit strategy, it's either you get in a fight. Here's what happens if you need to split up. If somebody's disabled, somebody gets divorced, somebody ha- is dies. Here's what happens. And a lot of times you need insurance to fund that so that the company can continue to operate on the same cash flow. Got about 30 seconds quickly. Umbrella insurance cheapest form of coverage before you worry about LLCs and all that other stuff. Uh, 350 bucks for a million dollars of coverage. So two times your net worth, maybe minus some retirement account values is what the formula is to, to get umbrella coverage. Call your property casualty insurance agent today and get that coverage. It's cheap. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. If you have questions, he can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Check it out. I tell myself it is Visit 
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing more. I speak of it all the time because I want you to become a better investor, but you have to look at trends and demographics. I saw a USA Today Rock the Vote presidential poll. It came out yesterday. I believe the millennials are a force to contend with. I personally think they should start a war with baby boomers um, because millennials have kind of been given the short end of the stick. Social Security is not going to be around for them. Don't count on it or expect to work a lot longer and get a lot less. But the millennials, I think, are powerful because they're the ones who are spending money. I'm saving money because I'm looking at my career going, hmm, what I got, 10, 15, 20 years left? So I'm saving more and more and more and more. But when you're young, you're, you're not thinking that way. You're like, I got 40 years, I got 45 years. Um, so you're thinking really long term out. So you're spending instead of saving. And the spending is kind of powerful. Uh, millennials have a message for the next president. And they are going to be a voting block for sure. Will they go out and vote, or will they stay in? Probably stay in. Uh, you know, we'd rather vote on the last season of American Idol than vote for a president. But some of the things that they want is better gun laws. They want to put body cameras on police officers. They want to accept refugees from war-torn countries such as Syria. They want more renewable energy. Interesting. Bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning with CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, talking all things financial. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk budgeting, Chad. This is probably one of the toughest things for the average person to start the habit of. Um, I know it was tough for me, and then you get into a relationship. You got to drag another person in and tying two budgets together into one. Let's talk budgeting. Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, budgeting, when I think about it a lot, is when people tend to get really serious and need to get really serious, they have to get really serious, is when, when it gets closer to retirement. I mean, budgeting, one thing, you know, if it's, it's, if it's, anybody needs to track their expenses. There's some people that spend more than they make and they need to really, you know, sit down and figure out what their plan is. And a lot of that might be you only, Set aside cash and envelopes like the Dave Ramsey type plan that to get you through a mindset, a change in how you budget. But what I'm talking about in terms of budgeting most of the time has to do with have you saved enough for retirement and how do you track that on an ongoing basis? Because here's what happens in retirement, Rob. People tend to start a certain withdrawal plan year one of retirement. Year two and three, fine. Year four comes along, and they start to feel the effects of inflation. They get a couple of years of, of health insurance increases. Uh, travel costs are going up a bit. Um, you know, they, they, notice, they notice the pain at the grocery store after three to five years, especially if they're eating healthier in retirement, because you know, we all know that the healthy foods just keep going up in prices, it seems yeah. like. And so 
they come back and, and you know the the person that goes to the type of advisor that throws them into a plan that says okay here you go you you've got your different wheelbarrows of money out there and you've bought your stupid financial products like non-traded REITs and garbage annuities um they have nobody to turn to they don't know if it's okay to pull more money out of their portfolio um because in order to know if you can pull more money out you have to have said okay what have I been spending? Here's here's my base financial plan when I go into retirement. Here's the expenses that I said I had. Every at least once a year you have to go back and track. Here's how much I truly spent. Here's what my portfolio did versus my long-term projections. Here's what my rental income or other sources of income did versus my financial projections. And here's my overall net worth. Am I on track? Do I have long-term projections because you might be Five years down the road and everything did really well or better than expected. Heck yeah, go ahead and draw more out. You're fine. You're on track for to to be able to deal with retirement inflation. But if you get a couple of years down the road and your portfolio didn't do as well as you thought because the market's not doing that great because interest rates are too low, or you spent too much in the first five years, hey, it might be time to buckle down. Because if you don't, when you're in your late 70s or 80s, you might be in a world of hurt. So budgeting is an ongoing process and it becomes a, a tracking issue. So it's very smart. It's, it's very required, really. As you go into retirement, you might even be that wealthy person that you kind of do what you want. You don't overspend. You're smart about your money, but you always know at the end of each month you have enough money to continue to invest outside your 401k and everything else. Yep. Even that person needs to go list all of their expenses and say, okay, what am I doing now that I won't in retirement? Or what am I going to do in retirement that I'm not doing now, which is your hobbies, your charitable intents, your you know, helping the grandkids, traveling. It's really careful because I'm telling you, I've seen plans where a $10,000 difference goes from, you know, the plan's okay to the plan is not working. You're running out of money and you're doing a reverse mortgage at age 85. You know what I hate about doing budgets is I see how much I spend on alcohol and I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Just let it out, Rob. (laughs) Everyone should know. I am your counselor. (laughs) <laughs> real, real quick, any thoughts on Mint.com as a budgeting tool? Um, no, I think it's great. I mean, obviously, Mint Start. was bought by Intuit, yeah. so it's it's fine. We have a our clients have access to a, a wealth management site that does uh, budgeting and all of their financial plan. In fact, it updates it all the time, so they can always see where they're at. So we've got a tool that's even a little bit better than that. Um, but it's it's a great way to start. People just have to get you know aware of the security around it. A lot of people get on it and and they give up too soon because it takes a lot of maintenance, Rob. I mean, you're you're gonna have to say I'm gonna set aside an hour a week for the next three to six months, making sure it's tracking everything I'm spending and putting it in the right categories, yep. and then it'll eventually get to know you. Right. But it, there's still some maintenance in, involved, so you have to set aside time to do it. Yeah. Like Otherwise, what? people sign up for it, they get everything in there, and then they you know kind of give up. The little Holly Market store is not groceries; it's alcohol. Like, I had to tell Mint that I have a problem. That's not cool. Scotchy scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Got an email from someone that said, my husband and I married last year. This is the second marriage for each of us. I've got two adult-aged children, and he has two minor children. In his divorce decree, it states that he shall maintain a $300,000 life insurance policy for his children as beneficiary until they reach the age of 23. However, on the actual policy, he only has me listed as the beneficiary. Guy got remarried. Um, 
there's nothing indicating that this is left for his children should he pass prior to them reaching age 23. What would be the legal liability beyond this if he should pass before me? So life insurance is considered non-probate, meaning it's not part of a part person's estate. As such, it's dealt with separately after a person dies. But even without a will, the divorce decree still matters. Um, step relatives are very messy and very complicated. I highly recommend everyone get a trust because of it. In this case, the wife... She doesn't like her kids. She doesn't like her stepkids. Um, so you have to be very, very careful on how you disinherit people because there will be legal ramifications. Um, if you wanted to become the beneficiary of your husband's life insurance policy after he's gone, you would likely lose the battle. The divorce decree places the obligation on your husband to maintain the life insurance policy. His children could make a claim of $300,000 against the estate if he died with you as his beneficiary on that policy. It's pretty common to see this, and it's pretty common to see families just get ruined by scenarios like this. Um, it's worthy of note. I, I, I think uh, having a good trust so there's one called like I love you trust. Let's say you're like the average 40-year-old man, you're married to a 35-year-old woman. You've got two kids. Um you should get a trust that basically says if anything happens to the husband or the wife that results in them dying. If the the if the surviving spouse remarries and then the surviving spouse dies, and all that's left is the stepmother and the children, who gets the money? Having a trust when you love each other is the 40 and 35-year-old couple. Very, very smart, because you could set it up. It says, you know, uh, new spouses get nothing. Money goes to the kids. Legal, put it in paper. A lot of people want to do that. A lot of people don't do that. It comes down to things like life insurance again, where we always should have term life insurance just in case we get hit by a car, just in case a comet or a tree falls on us. It's raining out there tomorrow, and uh, tonight and tomorrow, trees fall. Um, some people will get hit by a tree and die tomorrow. With that said, um, you should have term life insurance. We, don't, we tend not to do trusts in term life insurances uh, because we don't think we're going to die. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can contact me, Rob, at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. As far as the Internet goes, um, you can find me online at robblackshow.com. Got a big event coming up, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar in Palo Alto, January 28th. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, Secrets to Tax-Efficient Investing, Bonds and Bond Alternatives, Reducing Risk so you don't outlive your savings. Uh, what you can do to maximize Social Security benefits and much, much more at the event, you can sign up at robblack.com or robblackshow.com.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Stock market slips from its opening high. Uh, it can't hold gains right now. So you're seeing the stock market pull back. Uh, will it go negative? Ultimately, you don't really care. What you're going to want to do is pay attention to earnings season and long-term trends. The jolt report that came out this morning was pretty positive. And when I say pretty positive, I, I don't you know, jump up and down. I don't get all that excited. Um, but jobs in America are, are, are solid. Now, there's always going to be some negatives. And I hope you, you know, realize that. Um, the world and oil is a problem. You're talking about trillions of dollars uh, evaporating in revenues that run countries. So Saudis are failing to drown the U.S. with oil, and will it backfire or not? OPEC will probably have an emergency meeting between now and June if things don't firm up. Uh, pressure may be mounting. So as you'll see, like Nigeria's oil minister said a couple members of OPEC have requested an emergency meeting. Over the next 12 months, oil could start to move higher. If there is finally some cuts, how big will they be? That'll be the big question. Um, half the American shale producers could go bankrupt before crude eventually turns. What's interesting is in the United States, um, when oil goes lower, we kind of win. Our companies that invest in oil, they get hurt. There's no doubt about it. Um, and it's a predatory pricing environment at this point in time. So we have to sell part of our businesses or they go bankrupt for the United States. But a lot of countries are trying to sustain their GDP, try to sustain their spending, sustain their 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 lifestyle. And that's brutal. So um, it's going to be an interesting 12 months, to say the least. And I, know, I don't like to see poverty. And that's one of the ramifications here. Mark Cuban gave a, a pretty good thought on what to do if you win the lottery. Um, he tells, I think he tells great stories. I think it's very interesting to listen to. Um, he said that, you know, he remembers the moment he became a billionaire. He was sitting in front of a computer naked, hitting the refresh because he was close. He knew it was close. Waiting until his net worth hit that billion when the stock price got to a certain point kind of screamed, jumped around, got dressed. So now that he's a billionaire, he can give you advice to other billionaires. He said, first thing to do is hire a tax attorney. Absolutely. He said, don't take the lump sum. You don't want to blow it all in one spot. He said, if you weren't happy yesterday, you're not going to be happy tomorrow. It's money. It's not happiness. If you were happy yesterday, you're going to be a lot happier tomorrow. It's money. Life gets easier when you don't have to worry about the bills. His further advice was to tell all your friends and relatives no. They will ask. Tell them no. If you're close to them, you already know who needs help and what they, they need. 
Feel free to help some, but talk to your accountant before you do anything. Remember this, no one needs a million dollars for anything. No one needs $100,000 for anything. Anyone who's going to ask, not your friend. That's pretty smart. Um, you don't become a smart investor when you win the lottery, so don't make investments. You can put it all in the bank and live comfortably for the rest of your life, knowing that you're not going to lose money in the bank. And uh, if you get a swipe at Donald Trump, he goes, be nice. No one likes a mean billionaire. I kind of dig that advice. A lot of that advice also has to do with inheritances. Um, it's really fascinating to me that I see some of the um, nicest people in the world create a lot of wealth in their lifetime. And then they blow it. They pass it on to their children. And the children blow what took a whole lifetime to accumulate. They blow it in two years. Uh, new cars, new toys, new add-ons, new boats, um, things along those lines. I, I, I see it all the time. So it's a little sad. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, I don't really need to hit the Elon Musk story anymore. Just sticking with the lottery, I think. Um, you know, I considered it to be a tax on the poor because per capita lottery sales are typically highest in the poorest counties. People in households earning under $40,000 account for the largest percentage of players, the most frequent players. And in theory, this money is going to school systems in situations like that. So it's a, it's tax. 49% of Californians with less than a high school education uh, participate in lotteries compared to 30% with a college degree. Lottery play is typically most popular amongst laborers, and it's typically least popular amongst professionals. The instant tickets, they're more likely to be purchased by a person who's out of work than someone who's employed or retired. This tells you something, right? 25% of callers to Gamblers Anonymous are lottery gamblers. Americans now spend over $70 billion annually on lotteries. That's more than the combined spending on books. Keep in mind, again, if you wrote down every person's name in the United States, put it in a big bowl. Could you pull out President Barack Obama's name on one pull? And if you could, you should play the lottery. If you can't, you shouldn't play the lottery. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Learn about my seminars at robblackshow.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.